0: Morning, I, I I believe that the Lord, um, you know, has a word for us, um, and I title it um, wisdom to choose, wisdom to sow. I, I really struggled with um, different kind of titles, <laughs> you know. Up to yesterday, I was asking my wife, should I, should I call it the principle of the seed? I, I didn't want to call it something that will make people misinterpret it to mean that want to talk about sowing and reaping, you know, in terms of money and all that. And way you sow in the thousands, you reap in the millions. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, We can talk about it, but I didn't want it to... What I'm talking about this morning is very far from it, so, you know, (laughs) I didn't want us to branch uh, that side at all. Amen. Actually, that's one of the things I'm believing God to give me grace to do, to talk about money. (laughs) I'm very very terrible... (laughs) person to speak and encourage people to give I don't just I don't just know how to do it. Maybe my wife will be more uh in a position to do that. One of one of the one of the best testimonies that I have in my life about my wife is that she helps me do the will of God. She makes the will of God so easy. If you should get to someone someone close to you that it's like that in your life. You know anytime I'm struggling maybe Uh, you know, God's staying in my heart to give financially to the things of God and, and, you know, and the Holy Spirit drops a number in my heart and I'm like, ah! You know, the mistake is to talk to my wife. If I talk to her, I'm not going to give that amount, I'm going to give more than that amount. I'm going to give it joyfully, you know, but because by the time she fires you up, you know, and encourages and charges you, you want to give yourself. Say, Please sell me for this kingdom, <laughs> you know. So my wife has never struggled with. If I say should, should we give ten thousand, my wife will say why not, why not thirty thousand. It looks so simple, but I really love that about her. That you know, somebody I can turn to anytime time I'm in doubt or maybe fear is trying to, you know. Uh, my heart and all that. and there have been many times when she's encouraging me like that and we've given everything we have not knowing where the money is going to come from you know we're just we're just happy and excited that we're able to give to the lord amen <clears throat> and it's not just only in terms of money alone even in terms of you know, praying in terms of the things of the spirit and all that you know so it's good to have somebody around you who always encourages you to do the will of god praise god uh, so that's not what we're talking about this morning. this morning i'm talking about the wisdom to choose the wisdom to sow and choices and um and seeds choices are seeds actually which is why i titled the wisdom to choose wisdom to sow um and the reason is because i feel god wants us to come to the place where we'll understand the wisdom of our the wisdom to choose wisely you know and also understand and have eternal perspective as far as that is concerned you know because of the transient nature of man because we are so much in touch with the here and now a lot of our decisions is based strictly on what is around our environment for now you know we, we we seldom stretch ourselves to think long term you know very few people actually you know go through the rigors of thinking long term you know not to talk of even thinking eternally am i making sense you know meanwhile god doesn't just want us to think long term god wants us to think eternally he wants us to have an eternal perspective in everything we do in every choice we make and understands how god's agenda and initiatives have propagated and multiplied on the earth you see the reason why we are here the reason why we are on earth the reason why we are born is to do what what's the singular reason what's that singular reason why you think you're born i want responses please to what it's, it's as simple as that to do god's will that's a, that's a, that's how as simple as it gets it is to do god's will so if we have to do god's will that that should be what you preoccupy our minds the most am i making sense it means that every choice we make every decision every step we take has to be from that perspective it has to be aligned to our understanding of what the ultimate will of god is am i making sense scripture says that you should not be fools but you should be wise understanding what the will of god is so understanding the will of god just understand the will of god makes you a wise person because that understanding immediately separates some things from you It, it shows you that okay you know you can make certain decisions you can agree with certain decisions and you can completely disagree with certain decisions amen why because you understand what the will of god is Joseph understood what the will of God is. Even while he was in Potiphar's house. You know, it's easy for you to read the stories of these patriarchs and matriarchs and the scriptures. And it looks like a fictional story. But while they were going through it, it didn't look like that at all. Joseph didn't have any idea that he was going to end up in the palace. How many of us know that? He did not have any idea. He wasn't faithful in Potiphar's house. So that God can lift him to become the prime minister of Egypt. He wasn't. His understanding of the will of God at that time didn't include that. His understanding of God's will at that time is to be what? To be a representative of God in Potiphar's house. And conduct himself according to the will of God. According to God's standard, his laws and his dictates. And that was why when... Um, Potiphar's wife came and wanted to give him a ladder to you know, carnal prosperity and enjoyment. What did he say to her? He said, I can't do this. How do you expect me to do this? And do this wickedness and sin against the Lord. He, was, he wasn't even seeing Potiphar in the picture. It was God that he was seeing in the picture. And because he had that understanding of the will of God, in that moment, he was able to separate good from evil and identified with the good, even though he was going to... You know he could have been killed. you know he could have been killed? you know it's the mercy of God that made Potiphar to put him in prison? Human life at that time and a life of even a slave, a Hebrew slave. (laughs) Do you understand? At that time, you meet somebody that is not your tribe, you kill them. Except there is a specific value that is... Crucial for your survival. that is when you now find a way to have trade and you know you establish some sort of commerce and all that but then the tribal instinct is that anyone that doesn't belong to your tribe you treat them like a subhuman in you know, order of course Spotify nothing to have killed joseph that day nobody is going to ask him nobody's going to say why did you do this just a little, a slight anger and he asked his uh, soldier to cut off his head and that would have been the end. Am I making sense? So, Joseph wasn't reasoning it out at, okay, even if I say no, uh, maybe the worst that will happen is that we enter prison and then he did, um, you know, a risk analysis and all that. All that wasn't going on in his mind. Am I making sense? He knew that this consequence could be what? Death. And we saw that later in in, in pharaoh's life the the was the name of the the butler was it the butler that pharaoh just woke up one day and said cut off his head scripture <laughs> didn't tell us what he did wrong am i making sense he had a dream and he said he was carrying uh what's the word cup and, and then birds of the air were eating it and then joseph interpreted it and it happened exactly like that nobody told us what he did am i making sense that was the reality of joseph at that time so you that's to give us perspective regarding how thoughtful he was to take a stand for the will of god he could literally lose his life for it hallelujah am i making sense and the same thing with Moses. Scripture says that by faith, Moses chose not to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but chose to identify with the... I mean, you you choose to leave the palace where you are literally, you know, the king or a prince, you know, and they identify, identify with the people who have been slain for almost 400 years. It's not something you just, uh, you know, ruminate over lightly and then make take a decision. No there has to be something deep-seated. There has to be a perspective that is beyond the ordinary. There was something they were fellowshipping with. There was something they were interacting with that was deep, that was true, and that was more real to them than what was around them. And that is the position God wants us to take in our lives. Am I making sense? So God wants us to have the wisdom to choose rightly, and he wants us to have the wisdom to be able to propagate and multiply things that is according to his will. If you look through the scriptures, God takes the issue of fruitfulness very, very seriously. If you read um, John chapter 15, scripture says that I am the vine, you are the branches. Every tree in me that doesn't, uh, uh, my father is the husbandman, and what does the father do? The father's job. What is the father's job according to? John fifteen two, he said, my father is the what, the husbandman. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he does what, he cut away. But the one that bears fruit, what does he do to it? He said, he purges it that it may bring forth what, more fruit. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may what, bring. F- this is the father's assignment this is what the father is preoccupied about the father takes the issue of fruitfulness very very seriously and we should also hallelujah and if i ask us here this morning how many of us want to be fruitful everybody's going to raise up their hands am i making sense how many of us want to be fruitful in life amen even though our understanding of fruitfulness may differ but we know that fruitfulness is a good thing and all of us want to belong to that category we don't want to be in the barren category am i making sense it, is, it shows us that fruitfulness is important to us. You see, but most of the time, we all want to be fruitful, but we don't, a lot of times, we either don't know how or are not committed to the process of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. You know, I said, you know, while I was ruminating over this, over this message, I, you know, my wife and I were discussing, and I said that a lot of times, the things we are seeking divine intervention for, about things in our life are things that would simply respond to the issue of seed time and harvest in fact a lot of the things that you call divine intervention they are simply harvest time god didn't do anything out of the ordinary am i making sense he didn't do anything extraordinary he simply just you know backed up a law a principle that you activated some time ago. Scripture says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and what, and harvest shall not cease. Give us that that verse. I think it's Genesis eight. Genesis chapter eight. Genesis chapter eight. Are you there? Yeah. Um, start from verse twenty. hallelujah and noah built an altar unto the lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar next verse and the lord smelt a sweet savour and the lord said in his heart i will not again do what cost the ground anymore for what for man's sake but next verse for the imagination of man's heart is what evil from his youth neither will i again smite any more every living thing as i have done next verse while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease you know what god was doing here wasn't just you know instituting the order of seasons if you read it in context noah and his family and all the animals had just come out of the ark right god had just destroyed the previous world and after noah offered a sacrifice before the lord god now made a commitment he made a vow that he will not what he will not destroy the world anymore you know he will not wipe up the earth again he now instituted something a system whereby he puts man in charge because he said he will not destroy the world for man's sake that's all he said right he now puts a system that you now be the judge of your own destiny whatever you want you know in the earth whatever you want to be prevalent in the earth you have the permission and the authority to do it by what by planting the seed of that thing am i am i making sense god is basically saying that now whatever you want prevalent upon the earth whether it is good or evil is now in your hand and the power he gave is the power of sowing seeds that's what he said By seed time and harvest cold and heat Winter and summer will not cease. He instituted an order. The word cease is not just only about longevity, it's also a principle that will not fail. Am I making sense? So he was saying that rather than just inter you know, sudden intervention, rather than sudden intervention, I will rather go with the principle of what? of sowing. That's what he means by he will not destroy the earth again. Because the destruction of the previous earth was a what a sudden intervention. Even it wasn't sudden like that. Scripture says that for 120 years, Noah was a preacher of what? Of righteousness. But ultimately, what happened? It was still God doing what? Coming upon the sin and destroying the wicked so that the righteous can be what? Can stay alive. But God is saying, "I don't want that order anymore." Am I making sense? God is saying, "I don't want that order anymore." What is going to happen now is that whatever it is you want, whatever fruit you want to see, you have to put the seed in the ground. The earth will answer to the seasons of seed time and what, and harvest. So whatever harvest you want to see in your life, whatever change you are looking for, whatever, you know, transformation that you need, the power is in the seed that you sow. And I'm not talking about money, praise God. Am I making sense? That power of transformation that is required in your life, it's in your hand. It's a reason of the seed that you put in the ground. Why do we take education so seriously? Because education is a seed. Am I making sense? Education is what? Some of your parents right now, all your sweat, all the money you are making, you are using probably half of it or three-quarter of it. There was a time that probably almost 100% of my salary or more goes into my kids' school fees. Why do I have to go through? Or why do I have to bother? Because I understand that education is what? Is a seed to for a fruitful life, a kind of a fruitful life. Am I making sense? Maybe by the time I, one of my maybe my son becomes uh, what else? My son said he wants to be himself. Very said he wants to be a driver. I said F one, F one driver. I remember we had this conversation one day and he said that I want to be a driver. I said, everybody can drive. Driving is not a hobby. He said, no, but I want to just drive. I like how you drive. I said, but you can learn how to drive. He said, okay, so you'll be an F1 Formula 1 driver, right? Doesn't even understand. One day God just said, what's your problem? Is, is it ta- what is in my mind is taxi driver and I'm trying to reject it. You know, conditioning, you know, Mindset hallelujah but Chad was just being a child you know he likes the way i drive if i put him behind the steering wheel now you know in the house he loves that feeling and all that And he was just trying to have a nice time praise god my daughter wants to be many many things you know from artists to she does all kind of all kind of very very funny recently he said she wants to be a streamer or something like that you know but you go through all that why because you want to plant a seed in their life. You can't... You, you, your, your daughter or your son can't be 25 and you are going on the mountain doing 41 days dry fasting for divine breakthrough in career. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? You did not take him or her to school. no, No form of education whatsoever. You know, now we know that education is Quite diversified now. You may not even been in classroom and do the normal formal education, you know. And then you are, but you are informed, you are learned, you are literate and all that. But your son did not go through any of that. No education whatsoever. But suddenly you want the child to become a very important uh, thought leader in a certain, in a, in a specific field. And then we're going from one mountain to another, praying and fasting and doing all. You know that's what we do with our Christian lives too. No seed in the ground, no commitment to growth, but we want to see fruit. We suddenly want to be better behaved. We suddenly want to understand what the will of God is and follow the path of the Lord. Without paying the price, there is no seed in the ground. Suddenly we want our children to be well behaved, but we are not giving them or training them in the precepts of the Lord. It is not a divine intervention issue. It is a what? It's a seed issue. Whatever you want to grow on your ground, whatever you want to grow on your field, you do what? You plant it. You can look at yourself and uh, you are so dissatisfied with yourself today and you say, I'm giving myself the next three years. I am going to plant this and this and this specifically in my life and then I will see the fruits. There are some fruit that you plant; they are just seasonal fruits. When you plant vegetable, you harvest it; it's gone. But there are other seeds that you plant that the fruit is everlasting. Some of you today you are benefiting from the seed your parents or even your grandparents planted. By virtue of the sacrifice and the seed they put in the ground, some things have, you have just been separated. Some of you are living on the prayers your prayers prayed at certain times. The sacrifices they they, they made. And you have a right to it because somebody put seed in the ground and you are harvesting it. Am I making sense? Jesus said to disciples, he said you are harvesting things that some other people have planted. But that system has to always happen. For you to have fruit, there must be somebody somewhere who has put seed in the ground. Jesus didn't even just come to the earth. Somebody put the seed in the ground. Hallelujah. When God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, he said, sacrifice your son the only because whom thou love. And the guy took him scripture says that as he was going to that mountain he said he believed that god was able to raise him from the dead he did not even have an idea that god was going to raise jesus from the dead but there was a synchronization there was a a a play of Something that has eternal significance because he was simply in obedience. You see, anytime you are in obedience to the will of God, you don't understand the internal implication of what you're doing. You cannot phantom the extent of what you are doing. Anytime you put seed in the ground, you never know the amount of fruit you will bring forth from that seed. You can never count it. You can never guess it. That's the way spiritual things are. You can never estimate how much resources, spiritual resources you will reap from a good seed that you put on the ground. That faithful day, you didn't know how much God was pleased when God was looking at Abraham going to that mountain. You didn't know the level of pleasure it brought to the heart of God. And the commitment God made by reason of that obedience. And it's what we are all benefiting from today, right? It's the reason why we are here this morning listening to God's word. Because somebody put a seed in the ground. The world, the kingdom of God, the agenda of God, God's determinate counsel is anchored on the seeds that we put in the ground. That's why when we fail to cooperate with God, we are not just doing only ourselves injustice. We are ultimately doing the will of God in justice. How do I know? There was a generation that God brought out of Egypt. The plan and purpose for God for that generation was to do what? To enter the promised land and to do what? And to become fruitful and multiply. And God went through the process of telling them how much he wanted them to benefit from he told them that i'm bringing you out of the house of bondage out of the land of slavery i'm taking you to the promised land and this and this and this i will make you a nation of priests he said all that but what did they do the bible said that when they were hearing all those things those words, they don't mix with faith in their hearts and they refused to cooperate with god do you know what happened to them at every point where they needed to make a choice or make a decision of Eternal significance. They prioritized the things that we eat, the things of the natural, above the things of the spirit. And because of that, scripture says God was displeased with them. And Bible said they swore in His Word that these people will not. You see, God wasn't. You know, when, when you hear that scripture, that God swore in His Word that these people will not enter the promised land. It wasn't an issue of God hated them so much now caused them. No. What happened was that God judged them unqualified for the promised land. So the mercies of God tarried with them for 40 years until all of them were dead in the wilderness. And do you know they were experiencing miracles? That's one of the things that really shocked me. They were experiencing miracles even though they were being preserved to die their destiny by that time was to do was to die in the wilderness so that this the generation that is serious with god can emerge and so that god can move forward with that new generation but their shoes were growing manna did not cease to fall hallelujah it got to a point they got so angry they abused moses abused moses father abused god and god still sent quails i mean imagine 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 you are abusing God. God, what kind of nonsense is this? I don't like it. I'm going to bastard if you don't do it. And the next day, God does it. What a privilege. You know, we'll come and do testimony. You are setting yourself up for what? Destruction. That's what they did. They were enjoying. God will tell them, on the day before the Sabbath, gather two days portion. They will, not, they will refuse the day god would tell them gather a day's portion they've gathered two days you know oh, they were they were so they were so stuck in their own ways but god was still faithful to them you know, those are some of the things we look at today and we think they are evidences of god's endorsement it's not that you have money in your pocket doesn't mean god has endorsed you that things are going well for you, you are riding a big car you have a big job that has nothing to do with whether you are pleased or God is pleased with your life. Hallelujah. You might literally be an a Greek chicken that the enemy is feeding. You know, you have you seen chicken that you want you want to kill for Christmas? You know, you don't allow them to roam on the streets. You package them, fine cage, their food. You even employ somebody and you are paying the person, and you will fire the person if the person doesn't give them food, ordinary chicken. You know, the chicken can say I'm very important and I'm cross-legged inside the cage just wait for Christmas that's when you will know how valuable you are that is the life some of us are living today comfortable but purposeless of no use to the kingdom Who people who think gain is what is godliness whose god is their belly god has no place for people who cannot see beyond the ordinary who don't understand the principles of the kingdom, God is not raising weaklings, God is not raising gullible people, God is raising people who will put their lives on the line for the sake of the kingdom, because that was what he did hallelujah this introduction is always the trap to make this message a series. I will not fall into that trap today Hallelujah. So let's read Matthew 13, and let's just delve deeper into this principle a little. This the principle of the seed is so important, and whenever you understand that principle of seed sowing, you are set on a path of fulfillment of purpose so dramatically that you will see your life change. Verse um, 31. Give us Matthew 13: 31 and 32. Matthew 13, 31. Another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a what? A grain of what? Mustard seed, which a man did what? Took and sowed in his field. Next verse. Which indeed is the what? The least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the what? The greatest among herbs. And becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. What a profound scripture. You see, these parables that Jesus, you know, spoke, you know, throughout the Gospels, they are so, so deep and so, so important. Say, the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that a man did what? The mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds in the world. So small, so insignificant. You know, and that is how the things of the kingdom always come. So what? So insignificant. How many of us have heard this song? Read your Bible, pray every day. It's so what? So insignificant. Am I making sense? But do it for 30 years consistently. And then suddenly, your generations up to the third and fourth is probably settled in the will of God. Simple things. But very significant. Simple things, but very what? Very significant. The disciples say, Lord, what shall we do so that we can do, so that we can walk work the works of God? Jesus said, just believe. Like, sir? Say, yes, just believe. You mean all I have to do just to believe that you are a son of God to be saved? Yes. You mean all I have to do is just believe that Jesus is the Son of God and then I'm eternally saved? Yes, it's simple, but it's what? It's significant. God brings the standard so low, makes it so small that nobody will have the excuse of not being able to do it. And I was talking with someone, an atheist, you know, in, from my office one day, and I was like you can't be serious. You mean all I have to do is just to believe that Jesus and then this thing of eternal significance? I said yes. That's the reason is because God made the entrance so low that nobody will say I'm not, I'm not able to enter. If it was something that is difficult, some people might not be able to do it. Am I making sense? But it's just for you to do what? Believe just believe the kingdom is a seed it's a seed you know the things that make us think that the things of the spirit are so difficult it's a wrong wiring of the enemy it's a lie of the enemy what did jesus say? jesus said that take my yoke upon you for my what? my yoke is what? was he lying or not? was he saying the truth? Come on, I want to listen. Was he saying the truth? Yes. If he says his yoke, it's easy. Is it easy? But if it is difficult for you, something has gone wrong. Am I making sense? And that's what the enemy does. The enemy programs us right from where we we're small, the things we're exposed to, he makes the things of the spirit look so what? So difficult so the same you you can watch movies i can watch movies in fact i practically try to run away from series because once i'm sucked in like this my wife will be saying hey yeah my wife just knows that i'm in as in i've been sucked in i'm a captive so i try to i try everything to run away from series because i will not rest until And then you finish, you realize that season two, ha! Ah, God have mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm watching one currently designated survival. You know how long it, it has been released. I've been running away from it for years. I made that mistake some two weeks ago. Hallelujah. Now I'm stuck. Hallelujah. I remember the first time I mistakenly jumped twenty-four. How many of us remember twenty-four? I was in final year that, that year. My friend Toby just bought a laptop and he came to my room and said, He just saw the had this series. Okay. Oh, series. I didn't know that when he said series, you Not know, series didn't used to be like that. I think it was one of the very first movies that had that kind of twenty-four the prison break and all that. So I said ah, so I, let me just watch. So I sat on on a chair in my room, put the laptop on my leg it and i was there from six in the evening till around 7 a.m the next day <laughs> hallelujah i only stood up to pee and then come back i'm not lying i was there literally i finished the whole series so i told myself i said this this is danger i've never even prayed One over tenth of this time. (laughs) So from that day, I remember I was I I was running from. In fact, when I got to my service year and somebody gave me a series, I made a vow, as it was a very. In fact, I'm sure when I get to heaven, God will praise me because of this thing, because I made sure that I was only going to watch one episode per day, 45 minutes, and I was. It's one of the greatest things I've achieved in my life. It looks so small, right? But if you knew the sacrifice that went into it. And God really made... You see, many days I was tempted to, you know, want to play another episode. As I'm moving my hand to that system, I'm not lying to you. It feels as if the angel is going to strike me dead. It was that real to me. I said, no, I'm not watching hallelujah but say come and pray 30 minutes my brother you've been yawning we are so wired wrongly that is because of those wrong frame configurations that make us think the things of the kingdom are so what it's so difficult. god said my yoke is what it's easy and my burden is what it's light remember there was a time in my life i was so depressed i was so no so sad so depressed and i remember i went to god and i said god help me now Ah, this process is too much i mean this one this one and god told me say whose yoke are you carrying that is overwhelming you like this are you sure it's my yoke said because my yoke is what it's easy some of us, the yoke we are carrying in the name of the yoke of God is actually the yoke of man the yoke of wanting to please man wanting to please your boss some of you, the day God rid you of the fear of your boss the amount of peace that will come to your life the amount of tranquility that will come to your life you'll be shocked some of you, the day God rid you of the pride of life the hustling spirit of lagos the amount of peace that will come to your life the amount of clarity that will come to your life god's yoke is what is easy hallelujah so the kingdom of god is like that what that mustard seed god must give us the grace to always recognize the potential of the mustard seed because it's a seed that you can easily what, throw away. It's so insignificant, you may not even want to reckon with it. Am I making sense? The Bible says that if you have faith as a what? People have always misunderstood that scripture to mean if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Jesus wasn't talking about the size of your faith. He was talking about the principle of the seed. What do you do with a seed faith? You do what? plant it in your heart that's what he's saying so no matter the contradictions you are facing it says once you pick the word of god it might look insignificant it might look ordinary what should you do with it put it in your heart That's why you plant the seed and then begin to water it begin to meditate on the word. begin to meditate begin to ruminate on it give attention to it pray over it consistently what are you doing? you're watering that small insignificant seed. will become what? will become a mighty tree suddenly that faith can now move what? mountains, that's the principle it has nothing to do with the size the kingdom grows by insignificant things generations change Civilizations are born by what? By these seemingly insignificant things. Guess who understands that principle also? Guess who? Satan. Hallelujah. You know when Hitler, how many of us know that Hitler wasn't born a killer? How many of us know? It was born baby. It's pure innocent. You know there was this debate. Uh, you know I follow American politics a lot, and there was this debate between um, pro-choice and pro-life. You know pro-choice people are like, you can kill your. You know I'm coming to that. You can kill your seed. You see this 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 terrible spirit that makes you think the seed is what you should kill is from the pit of hell. It's an Affront and a rebellion against the order of God, you know. But that's not where I'm going today, amen. You know, they said so. And so, there was this argument of pro choice. Pro choice people said, Well, the reason why I'm pro choice is because if Hitler had been a baby, if I was pregnant of Hitler, I would have aborted Hitler, and then six million Jews would have been saved. Hallelujah! That's a foolish thinking. Because Hitler did not become Hitler simply because Hitler was born. Hitler became Hitler because when Hitler was born, certain things and certain people sowed some seeds. And when the time of harvest came, Hitler became a full, matured son of hell. Hallelujah. When Cain brought a sacrifice that was displeasing unto God. When Cain was putting together that sacrifice, Cain knew God wasn't going to honor that sacrifice. Hallelujah. But he brought it anyway. And when God rejected that sacrifice and he was displeased, if he knew that what was happening was a seed, maybe he would have listened to God. When God was warning him that sin is what? it's at your door he took a decision that led him onto the point of him what killing his brother you see there are certain decisions that you're taking today you are not seeing the fruit now but in the five in the next five years that's when you will see the fruit how many of us know that people don't backslide in a day how many of us know that some people today they are in canada And they are enjoying, ah, I'm out of that useless, goddamned country. That nonsense country. To hell with you. They When they were living, they even post a picture of Mutala Muhammad. Say go be. But you know, the enemy has a six year plan for them. That let's introduce this guy into this situation. Into this new environment. And in six years, he would wake up and say, Actually, there's no God. Let's package some comfort around him. I'm not against traveling out. Amen? I even believe that God sends people out. Am I making sense? I used to tell my friends, I said, don't ever engage in the pilgrimage of Lot. Don't ever do what? Engage in the what? In the pilgrimage of Lot. It was God that called Abraham to come out from his country, Right? So God can call any one of you. Say, come out of Nigeria, go to where? Canada, Canada yeah. Somebody's saying Amen to that. Amen. And He can also say, go to Siberia, or Congo dear. Now nobody's saying Amen now. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. So God calls people. Am I making sense? And He can move you from one place to to another. But God did not call lots in genesis 13. the bible said lot was the one that by himself by himself lifted up his eyes and looked at the plains of sodom and said wow see that plain beautiful the grass is always greener at the other side right it's a beautiful place i choose this and he didn't know that by that choice he was signing out of the will of god the Bible said that when he got to Sodom and lived among Sodom, he said that his righteous soul was constantly vexed by the evil. He had the conscience of good in him, but he was so incapacitated. He could not even save his sons in law to be. Hallelujah. He could not even save his sons in law to be. You know when Abraham was negotiating on his behalf before God, Abraham thought that uh, uh, in the worst case scenario, at least Lot would have preached to maybe five people now. <laughs> so Abraham was negotiating if, if, if there are ten people in the land, I will not destroy it. We are fine ten now. Ah, Lot, Lot was not the one winning the souls of the people; the people were the one what vexing him the Bible says that his righteous soul was constantly vexed. That's the way some of us are living in Lagos. Constantly vexed, incapacitated, frustrated. Yet we are powerless about it. That's not the way the order of God is. The order of God is that you should have what? Dominion and overrule evil with the good that's in you. It's for you to dominate. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Praise God. And after god used mercy to save him god god had to use mercy to do what to save him when in ran to replace his his children now said ah, i mean look at the thinking look at the depravity that has entered the heart of the children how can you say there is no there is no man in the whole world your father is not the person that you want to raise a seed by I mean, look at the thinking they saw nothing wrong with it am i making sense it wasn't a, a condition that make crayfish bend kind of a thing no they saw nothing wrong with it which was why they drugged their father you know made him drink wine and then slept with him and then they gave birth to two nations that constantly became a pain in the neck of israel throughout the old testament the two most fearsome enemies of Israel were the Ammonites and the Moabites. Children of Lot, brother of Abraham. Don't walk out of God's willow. The things you will birth, your children, children, children may be what? May be dealing with it. Scripture says, I am God who visits the sins of the father on the, what? On the sons up to the third and the what? fourth generation. And the essence of that visitation is not to judge them. It's to see whether a generation is ready to put an end to evil. Because whether you like it or not, the evil that you plant will be perpetrated in the next generation. God and the enemy are in a race for who will get the next generation first. And it is by the seed that is being planted. Matthew 13 says that the sower went forth to do what? To sow, he say, and that sower is what a son of man. God is sowing, dispersing the seeds all around, hoping and praying that a heart will receive it and allow it to grow and germinate. Hallelujah! I said that God and devil and both what involved in what in this seed sowing venture. You know, God, sons of the kingdom, seed sowing venture. The Antichrist seed sowing venture. Both of them are what? Are thriving. There's a contention over us, over our children, over that little rena. There's a contention already. Which seed is going to be sown? Hallelujah. The enemy wants to raise the next, the next Absalom, the next Hitler, the next Judas. Hallelujah the next fill in the blank the next compromiser people who compromise they were not born compromisers am i making sense it was what the seed give us first john chapter 2 let's see how the enemy do his own business first john chapter 2 verse 15 love not the world neither the world the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is what is not in him. Next verse. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is what? Not of the Father. So when you look at these three principalities, they look like principalities, right? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The Bible said that is all that is in the world. But shall I shock you? Well, it's not a shock anymore. These things, they are not principalities. They are just what? They are just seeds. They are just what? They are seeds. Small seeds that look what? Insignificant. But these three are responsible for all the evil that's in the world today. If you are from a broken marriage, these three are the cause. If you've gone through stuff, people have done stuff to you. This evil to cause. Bitterness and hunger is in your heart. All that's in the world. This is the seed that is birthing every evil that you see in the world today. And how do they come? As what? Desires. They come as what? Simple desire. Simple, in quote, harmless desires but they are pregnant with what? with evil am I making sense? for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes the pride of life is what? is not of the father we must be very careful of these three hallelujah we must be what? very careful of these three me the scripture that says that when a man is tempted. Yeah, good. Very good. James 1.12. Blessed is the man that does what? Endure temptation from when he tried, He shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord had what? Promise to them that. Love him. Next verse. Let no man say when he is tempted. I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. Next verse but every man is what when he is what by his own what now this loss can be either of those three seeds that we just talked about but here it has become personalized No, you know it becomes what it has become your own you have interacted with it so much you know sometimes when the enemy is talking to you you don't realize the enemy you think you are the one talking to yourself the enemy is having a conversation that will result in bitterness in your heart, but you don't realize it. Said, did you see how he treated you? Did you see how he talked to you as though you don't mean anything? He's always been doing that. The enemy will now start adding to the story. You were not there. <laughs> how many of us? Why are you looking at me strange does it, That does this happen to you? You now begin to think. The moment you begin to think, you begin to add scenarios to it at once in one, at once in two. You know, the enemy begins to package all those things. Your anger begins to boil. You just realize that the next morning you are not greeting the person. What did I do? And before you know it, you can't relate whatsoever. Say, I don't just like that guy, I just like him. God help the poor guy. He succeeds at something while you is preferred to you. Then Act 2, scene 1. In your mind, the enemy is sowing seed and is watering it aggressively. Using mechanized farming to sow seeds. It's become lost. It's drawn away. It becomes so strong. It does what? It draws you away. At the level of the drawing away. You have completely owned it you cannot not read have you met people that they say you did they say you didn't do it they, you, they insist that you did it you say but i did not do this thing do you know what has happened they have made it up in their own minds have you met people that something happened between the two of you they remember it completely differently have you met people like that they say you uh, you did, you now slap me you are looking at uh, Me and they will say it what confidently that is the reason I have not spoken to you in two years. How can you do such a thing? It was a conversation between the loss of the flesh in their hearts, it was a seed that was sown hallelujah! Malice, envy, jealousy, laziness. Have you met lazy people? no matter the revelation that is coming with fire, it's not producing anything. Lazy. There is a mindset that the enemy has imputed that just makes them think they can't do it. They can't have faith for it. Have you ever had, get to the point you are having a conversation in your mind that you cannot overcome this weakness? That is Satan right there. You are not just having a random thought. They are sowing seeds in your heart to sabotage your destiny in god that's the seed don't ever say you can't do this scripture so says i can do all things through christ which what which strengthens me that's the order of the kingdom you can do everything the lord has put in front of you you have the power to what happens here the enemy lies to us and defeats us here and then he puts the seed of lasciviousness there and they were laid back and then over time we're going to see probably next week you know when scripture talks about the heart that is overgrown with thorns, is the heart that there have been many advantages because they the land that, that grows thorns can also grow the right seed but because there was a lack of commitment to grow the right thing the wrong things grew anytime you see an obsession in your heart Is an indication that you can be as much obsessed with the things of God like you are. See, if you can watch movies for 10 hours, you can pray for 10 hours. It's the same capacity. But somebody has lied to you that it's not possible. One seed is easy. The other one is not. But you have capacity too, my brother. You can you can study the word for one hour to us. You, if you want to be praying one hour every day, you can, no matter how busy you are. Hallelujah. This movie that I said that I, I got trapped in now, they put shame on my neck and hands. May God deliver me. Do you know it came at the time I was so busy that I was even struggling to read my Bible. Suddenly, there's a survival in there like this. I just, I just realized that I could, I could wake up till 2 (laughs) a.m. And for me, no matter the time I sleep, by 5:36, I'm up. That's the way the enemy lies to us, but we must fight it. We must never trivialize the seed sowing what process. That is the key to our transformation. Hallelujah. 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 Go back to that James one. James one. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, go back to verse. uh, Let's go to verse 13. Verse 14. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. And what? And Enticed. Next verse. Then when lost as what? Conceived. It bringeth forth what? Sin. And when sin is what? Finished. Bringeth forth what? You see, there is nothing called random sin. Hello? Hello, somebody? There is nothing called what? There is nothing called mistake. To you it's a mistake, to the enemy it's a well orchestrated planned situation. He's been planning it and he's had your cooperation how be it? sometimes without your knowledge. But it wasn't a mistake. Do you know why it's not a mistake? You are likely going to repeat it. Am I making sense? You are like, is there anything you've ever done only once ever in your life? Any wrong thing you ever done only once in your life? Let me see your hand. that, That this wrong thing you do, ah, you are likely going to repeat it. Do you know why? Because this is the cycle the enemy wants to complete. When lust is conceived, it does what? Brings forth what? Sin. Say sin has a finishing line, it's a race. Every time you cooperate with it, there is an advancement towards the finishing line. The same way, anytime we cooperate with the Lord, there is a what? There is an advancement towards the ultimate purposes of God. It's a process, it's not just a one-off thing. So when you understand that, it gives you perspective. You know that you are supposed to do what you shouldn't let down your guard. Seed is being sown, watering. He's going on. Hallelujah. Paul said, Paul has planted, Apollo watered, God does what? God gives the increase. When loss of the flesh, lots of the upright of life plant, then with your cooperation, you watered with your meditation, the enemy does what? Releases the increase. Grace to do it over again. Hallelujah. God has to help us. Amen. God has to what? Say, Help me, Lord. Help me to be wise. When loss has conceived, bring forth sin. And when sin is finished, it does what? Brings forth death. Give me Matthew chapter 13. Yeah, verse 24. Let's see verse 24. the parable he put forth unto them saying the kingdom of heaven is like to a man with what what did he sow good seeds in his field next verse but while men slept who came his enemy came and did what sowed tears among the what the Wheat and went his way next verse but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit then appeared also what the tears. So the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did thou not sow good seeds in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Would thou then that we go and do what? Gather them up. Next verse. And he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you also do what? Root up also the wheat with them. Let both do what? Grow together unto the harvest, and in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, "Gather ye together first the tears, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn." Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You know this is what this is the this is how it plays out in the hearts in our hearts as Christians. He said, "Who planted? Be planted good seeds here." But what happened? While men what slept, the enemy did what came and what. See every good thing that is in your heart, the enemy is targeting it to truncate it. You see the purpose of the tears. Can you see the purpose of the tears? There are two purposes of the tears. Number one is to cause what confusion. To do what? Cause confusion. Number two is when out of your religious anger. You want to uproot it. You will also, because you can't discern, you do what? You uproot the the, the right things. And that's why from this verse, the time of harvest is the time of light, illumination. When you can do what? Discern between good and what? Because the tears look and they look the same. Except when it gets to time of harvest. So if you are not skillful remember hebrews chapter 5 those who by reason of use have their senses what exercise to what discern between good and evil when your senses is not exercised you think good is growing evil is growing alongside hallelujah you think what Good is growing. Evil is what? Evil is growing at, alongside. Have you ever seen things that started out of good intentions? But how many relationships start out of bad in, intention? How many of us are married here? The day you were you did, were you crying sorrowfully, the day you got married. Eh? Have you ever met a couple that was crying? In, you know, the few ones. No, we, this is our generation, you see all kinds of things but most people are happy on the day of wedding am I making sense God justly dressed, makeup, everything is shining and fantastic but 5 years, 10 years down the line somebody is broken bitter, angry depressed and suicidal hallelujah children are left on their own Trained by cartoon network. No time. Somebody has abandoned the family literally even though they live and sleep in the house. The father. Hustled his life out. No time for the kids. A chaos is brewing in that family because the enemy has sown seeds while men did what? Slept. That's why scripture says that, arise you that sleep Rise from the what? Rise from the sleep of death. Wake up because when you are sleeping, the enemy is sowing. When you are giving yourself vacation, spiritual vacation, what is happening? The enemy is sowing. When you trivialize your prayer time, I I prayed yesterday, today I I should have a breather. The enemy is what? The enemy is sowing. Awake you that sleep. Christ will give you light. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord will help us. You know, the principle. I'm not here this morning to just tell us the danger of being lascivious or being, you know, complacent. Much more, I want you to know that you can change anything. You can transform anything if you understand the principle of what? Of sowing. You can become the most powerful spiritual person in your generation if there is anything like that. This is not built on competition, right? And it's not built on competitive comparison. But for the purpose of this if there is anything like that, it all depends on what? What you are sowing today. Or what you begin to sow from today. You can change that prayerlessness life that you have. If you do what? Begin to put seed in the ground today. Start f- from five minutes every day. Am I making sense? Make it consistent. You don't need to go and start from one hour. Start from five minutes make it, make sure no matter what even if heaven is falling, you will stick with that five minutes and be consistent with it every day you are putting seed in the ground. it may look like nothing is happening, a lot is happening in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. a lot is what is happening. that little time, 10 minutes, 30 minutes of studying, a lot is happening. you are breaking the fallow grounds. You are setting yourself, your family, your generation up for divine intervention. Harvest will come upon every seed you put on the ground. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give us Psalm chapter 102 verse 13. As a roundup, This is the word God gave us some time ago, right? For you will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the word The set time. This is the principle of the set time. Most of the time is an acceleration of the time of harvest. The what? The principle of set. And that's why it's called the what? Set time. Why is it a set time? It is set so that by the happening of that time certain things would have grown and what? And mature. That's why it's a set time. Otherwise, there's no need to set it. If it is arbitrary, God can intervene anytime. time. Am I making sense? But the principle behind set time is that so that some things can grow and mature. So that the seed you have put in the ground can have breathing space to do what? To grow. So while you're waiting for set time, doing nothing, that set time will never come. That divine intervention. Some of us, we are waiting now thinking, something will just jam our world. We will just change overnight. It is not going to happen. Harvest is a seed that has come to what? To maturity. So put seed in the ground today. And it's never too late. Remember that scripture says that in the morning, do what? Sow. In the evening, he said, do not hold back. Every time is a time to sow. Am I making sense? In fact, when you harvest, you can begin to sow immediately. Hallelujah. And God is accelerating harvest these days. Scripture says that the time is come when the reapers will, what, will overtake those who are planting. Just put the seed in the ground. God will give the increase. But when there is no seed in the ground, when there is no watering, there is nothing that increase will come upon. Am I making sense? see you know i hear many many times you've heard things over time Ha! Ah, this is our generation eh our children who are so afraid the kind of evil that is brewing the world there is nothing to be afraid about am i making sense if they like let them bring something worse than transgenderism or all these other things let them if i let them say that today mother is okay my children will be a light in their generation They were born for such a time like this i'm not afraid because the right seed is being what it's been put in their heart i was a train of a child and the way he should go when he's grown he will not what he will not depart put the right seed there no devil will remove it the concept of revival as is often misinterpreted to to mean a sudden intervention of god from outer space, by God's sovereign thing, most of the time, it is a function of what? A function of seed that has come to what? To maturity. That the day that David killed Goliath, the whole of Israel celebrated divine intervention, right? But God had planted that seed, the seed that will kill Goliath, God had planted it on the backside of the desert, many, many years before Goliath even showed up on the scene. Every day, while David was leading those sheep, God was planting a seed. God was watering it. When the lion came, and this young boy received the boldness and went after the lion, God said, this seed is growing. When the bear came, and that boy charged after the bear, God said, I'm seeing a king in Israel that will bring deliverance to my people. So people in Israel who never knew David, one small boy just showed up on the scene and took the head of Goliath. And he said, The God of Israel is our God. The divine intervention. It wasn't just a divine intervention. Am I right? It was a seed God has sown many, many years. Hallelujah. While Israel was suffering under the, the rulership of Pharaoh, God planted Moses on the backside of the desert for 40 years. It was watering him. Watering him. Broke him. Watered him. Reconstructed his heart. The guy that was raised in the palace of Pharaoh, Bible called him he was the meekest man on the face of the earth at that time. Training. God was readying him. For what? For deliverance. A lot of the things we call divine intervention, they are just what? Harvest time. Set time of a seed that we or somebody has what? Has put in the ground. Tell your neighbor, sow. Don't stop sowing. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We can change anything. You can change your husband. Put the seeds and leave the rest to god you can raise your children to be most spiritual wise the most wise children put the seed in the ground you can radically change your life and that of your generation put seed in the ground put seed in the ground so that is how to change a generation that was how god changed the earth. god sowed his son sent him to the cross as a seed and today, there are millions, even billions of people calling upon the name of the Lord. When a seed is in the ground, you are empowering heaven for intervention. When you're watering that seed, heaven is ready to intervene. Because you've activated the principle of the set time. And as sure as the dawn, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not seed. Somebody say harvest is coming. Harvest is coming, but it depends on the seed you put in the ground. Lift up your voice this morning and just pray to God. I said, Father, I receive grace to put seed in the ground, to water. I receive grace to not be complacent. I receive grace to not sleep. I receive grace to not be lazy, to not be laid back. I take, I, be, I take the posture of a sower. I take the posture of a sower. I will sow over my life, over my children, over my wife, over my generation, over my sphere of influence. I will sow seeds for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years to come. I will sow seeds for the purpose of God for my life. I mean, a sefretiza, pestero, dilimandoria, bacchuscente, barusa, fritzins, in montala, bentivranola, zesia, becori, Mesonvle meson, mentiga, jacute, prusofidia, ratone, neisola, fiantre, gotache, embe, matone, la besuvredi, handopoleche handopoleche prakise fresh songs in immaterial rabakoza lalalaba chete balaba mentebreceva leti dino flasujenemma into rigali brasafila bagadele bosheke lalaba in Jesus name we have prayed finally i want us to pray that from today i refuse to cooperate with the enemy to sow the seeds of the enemy my heart is no longer the sowing field of the enemy In the name of Jesus, go ahead and pray. I resist the lust of the flesh, I resist the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I refuse to cooperate with the enemy. From today, from today, I guard my heart. Scripture says, Guard your heart with all diligence. Out of it comes the issues of life. I guard my heart with all diligence. In the name of Jesus, I receive grace to be diligent. I receive grace to be diligent. Only good seeds will fall on my ground. Only good seeds will come on my ground. Thorns and trees will not grow on my ground. You know, tears will not grow on my ground in the name of Jesus. And if there are tears on my ground, I receive light. I receive discernment. I receive the wisdom of God. Impressible to prune, to purge to porch out, out the unclean thing. Scripture says, porch out the unclean thing. Put out the unclean thing, in Father. Days of primitivity. Don't let the seed of the enemy come to fruition. Don't let the seed of the enemy become a tree. Don't let the seed of the enemy become a stronghold. In the name of Jesus, Sophia Ratona, Brosavini, Hala, Ratene, Baba. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah.